Christchurch, New Malden, 20th of September 2020. Stephen Kurtz speaking on A Fresh Take on Encouragement. Well, if I asked you to make a list of the most important gifts needed to ensure the smooth running of this church, I wonder what would be on that list and in what order. During coronavirus, we've become particularly aware as a church of the value of those with a gift for using technology to help keep us going as a church. But at any time, a church needs a variety of gifts within its membership, doesn't it? Those who can, for instance, teach our children and young people. Those who are good at maintaining or mending our grounds or our buildings. Those skilled at listening to and caring for people. Those good at cooking and hosting. Those good at organisation. Those with a particular heart for people on the margins of society and so on. St Paul gives us four lists of spiritual gifts in his letters. Two in 1 Corinthians 12, another in Romans 12, and a fourth in Ephesians 4. And it's clear that all of these gifts, which range all the way from prophecy to administration, are equally gifts of the same Holy Spirit and equally important for the building up of the church. But there's one particular gift that occurs in that list in Romans 12 that I want to talk about today, and that's the gift of encouragement. Encouragement can take several forms. But it's basically about building one another up, using words and perhaps actions to convey positive messages to people that will then help them in response to the things they're facing. And receiving encouragement isn't always that common. When I've asked members of this church how much they have been or are being encouraged in their places of work, they very often reply not at all. Now obviously there are exceptions to this. But it's worth considering in the light of those comments whether encouragement might be a lot more specifically Christian than we might at first think, and whether it might be something, therefore, that we can consider making a far more intentional part of our active Christian faith. And the place, perhaps, to start is by recognising what the word encouragement means. It contains the word courage for a reason, and that's because encouragement describes the process of someone being given the courage that they need. Once we recognise this, we see the link to one of the most persistent commands in the Bible, which is the command not to be afraid, not to fear. This occurs in numerous passages in the Bible, and the positive equivalent is found in the book of Joshua, where Joshua famously instructs his followers before they enter the promised land to be courageous and strong. Do not be terrified, Joshua says, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. Much of our Christian journey is about showing a similar courage, having the faith to act in the belief that God is with us in the most daunting tasks that we face. But of course, showing such courage is far easier said than done, isn't it? Which is why, amongst the gifts that God gives us through his Holy Spirit to build up the church, is the gift of encouragement. Members of God's family being called and gifted to build up the courage of other members of the church. And like every work of the Holy Spirit, the gift of encouragement is about bringing part of God's promised future into the present. You see, God has promised that those who belong to him will one day experience a resurrection, just like that of Jesus Christ, in which we'll fully and finally become everything that God always intended us to be. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 13, that famous passage that's often read at weddings, when he says, Now 
I see but a poor reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. One day, in God's new creation and the resurrection of those who belong to Jesus, this passage is saying, we'll become fully and finally the people God made us to be. But this hope isn't just for the future. The task of the Holy Spirit, as I say, is to bring part of that future into the present so that we begin already, in this life now, becoming the people that God made us to be. And the gift of encouragement, I believe, is when the Holy Spirit gives members of that people firstly a bit of vision of what God intends to make another person in that future and secondly the words and perhaps the actions that help that other member of the church to have the courage to move a little bit closer to being that person in the present. So is this spiritual gift something that all Christians should be exercising or is it a particular gift only given to some? Well it's both. In the letter to the Hebrews, its writer says to all of its recipients, let us consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So encouraging one another is a mandate to all of us. But within this general challenge, and the reason for it being listed as a specific gift by St Paul in his letter to the Romans, is that some Christians have been especially equipped by the Holy Spirit with the gift of encouragement as a central part of their ministry. The most famous example of this in the New Testament is Barnabas. Barnabas appears in the book of Acts and is mentioned in some of Paul's letters. He isn't as big a figure in the book of Acts as Peter and Paul, but he's nonetheless important. Barnabas was a Jewish Christian from the island of Cyprus, and his real name was Joseph. But the apostles, we're told, called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. We had several of the passages that mentioned Barnabas read to us earlier. And when we look at these different parts of his story, we see in the first place a great deal about the nature of encouragement, and in the second, what that encouragement is founded upon. And it may be that as we listen today, we'll hear God speaking to us and drawing us into a much greater use of this vital gift for building up the church. And the first thing we see when we look at the account of Barnabas is that encouragement is founded upon generosity. The first time where we hear about Barnabas in Acts is in chapter 4, where we're told about the early Christians having all things in common. And Barnabas is singled out as a member of the church who led the way here, selling a field that he owned and putting the money at the apostles' feet. And what this shows is that the gift of encouragement springs from the gift of generosity. Generosity is when we're prepared to give from what we have for others, more specifically when we're prepared to do with less for the sake of others. And encouraging others is an aspect of this, because genuine encouragement involves pointing out to others the strengths which they possess, which we do not. It involves, therefore, a generosity of spirit that only comes from being liberated from the desire to be someone ourselves in the eyes of other people. Be consumed with our own status in the eyes of others and we'll feel we simply can't afford to encourage others because we might risk them rising above us in the eyes of those watching. Possess, on the other hand, a generosity of spirit and what happens to our own status when we encourage people won't be factored in at all. 
And of course, there's only one source for such generosity coming to us, and that's the generosity or grace of God himself, and us recognising how much he loves us. Barnabas, it seems, was so conscious of the love of God that had found him in Jesus Christ and had forgiven and accepted him that this led directly to this generosity of spirit that resulted in his encouragement of others. And if we struggle with being generous to others and encouraging to them, and if we know that all that stuff I was saying about status in the eyes of others is a bit of an issue for us, then the only starting point is going back to God's deep love for you, to the truth that he delights in the unique person that he made you to be, and to his deep desire for you, just like all of your brothers and sisters in Christ, to grow into that person that he made you to be. We do need to recognise as well that he didn't make us to be self-sufficient, but part of a body, where we need one another, where we need each other's strengths to complement our strengths and to make up for our weaknesses. But it's that love of God that's the starting point. And if we want to be better at encouragement and the generosity that uh, makes this happen, then the only place to start is with the deep love of God for us. That's the first thing that we just learn from the life of Barnabas about encouragement. But the second is that encouragement is founded on seeing what God is doing within a person's life. St Paul, when he was still Saul the Pharisee, hated Christians, didn't he? And he sought to have them arrested and killed. But then he had that dramatic experience of meeting the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. And everything changed. He recognised that Jesus was the Messiah that the people of Israel had always longed for and that Jesus had accomplished the world's rescue through the love that God had for everyone. The problem was, however, that the other Christians at first didn't believe that Paul had changed. They thought it was a trap to get them. Until, that is, Barnabas stepped in. Somehow, Barnabas was the one who recognised before anyone else that the change in Paul was genuine. And Barnabas played the crucial role in bringing Paul to the apostles so that Paul could be accepted amongst them. And the reason that encouragement is a spiritual gift is because it rests on that insight or discernment that can only come from God. It involves learning to see someone more as God sees them. Not fully, because for now we only see a poor reflection as in a mirror, but with greater insight than others insight into the unique person that God has made them and a measure of insight as well into what God will eventually make them in the resurrection and new creation. Barnabas did this after Paul's conversion and he did it again some years later when Barnabas went to Tarsus to collect Paul and to bring him back to help him lead the church in Antioch. A decision that then led later on to all those missionary journeys for which Paul is so famous but none of that would have even started if Barnabas hadn't possessed the spiritual insight to recognise the gifts that God had given Paul and the encouragement that he gave Paul to use those gifts. When I look back on my life, I'm incredibly grateful to all those who've encouraged me in its various stages. My parents and other family members, school teachers, leaders on the Christian camps that I attended as a teenager, colleagues when I was a school teacher myself, people at my former churches when I started preaching and exploring ordination, plenty of people here at Christchurch, both past and present, 
all people enabled by God to encourage me, to see things within me that perhaps I couldn't see at points, and to encourage me to use the gifts that they discerned that God had given me. If we're going to develop the gift of encouragement, we need to pray for a similar insight from God, to see a bit more, however partially, of that vision of how he intends others to be in his new creation. Because it's once we receive that vision that the Holy Spirit normally then equips us as well with the words and the actions that help to bring a bit more of that future into the present. And finally, encouragement is founded upon humility, but also courage to speak out. I've touched on the issue of status already and the need for us to sit lightly to that status if we're ever going to be able to exercise the gift of encouragement. And that's again what we see in the story of Barnabas. Initially on the first missionary journey, it's Barnabas and Paul that we hear about proclaiming the good news of Jesus. But as time goes on, it becomes Paul and Barnabas. With Barnabas having to accept second billing as Paul's gifts as a preacher and evangelist came to the fore. But that's what we'll be prepared to do if we have the gift of encouragement, to be so secure in the love that God has for us that we don't mind receiving second, third, fourth or even no billing at all. It won't matter a jot to us because we'll know that God knows the role that we have played in encouraging his work. But encouragement isn't just about meekness. It isn't just about humility. It's also about courage as well. Specifically the courage to speak out on behalf of people, particularly when their talents aren't being noticed or their gifts aren't being used or something's being overlooked that's really important. Barnabas needed that courage when he went against the flow, when he spoke up for Paul after his conversion. And the last time we hear about Barnabas in Acts is when he spoke up against Paul and for John Mark. John Mark, his nephew and a follower of Jesus, who had deserted them early on the first missionary journey, and to whom Barnabas, but not Paul, wanted to give a second chance. Now, the writer of Acts doesn't make it clear who was right here between Paul and Barnabas, and perhaps there wasn't a right or wrong answer. But the sharp dispute that arose between Barnabas and Paul about John Mark, and the fact that it led to a split between them, shows us that encouragement is a gift that sometimes needs considerable courage itself, as well as generosity and discernment. And encouragement is a gift that we need more of here at Christ Church. God has called this church to minister for him in New Morden, to be a missionary church. And he's given the members of this church the gifts that are needed for this task. But for these gifts to have their full impact, we need to become a church where more and more of us encourage one another, both in the general sense that applies to all of us, and through some here developing this gift in a more specific sense. To develop this gift of encouragement, it's indispensable that we first recognise the depth of God's love for us, because it's only this that can develop the generosity of spirit that any genuine encourager needs. But from that point, God's Holy Spirit will give some here a particular vision for the person that he's created others to be in the new creation. And when he does that, he also equips us with the words and perhaps the actions as well that are needed to bring more of that future into the present through giving others the courage that they need to become the people 
that God made them to be.